program created by the Rio Grande Oil Company. San Francisco police calling all cars, attention all cars. Calling all San Francisco County Sheriff's cars. Be on the lookout for three young men in a stolen sedan. License 673429. These men are armed and within the last two hours have shot and killed three men. Watch your step, boys. There's plenty bad. That's all. Young taxi driver. 
sheriffs not only must concern themselves with the capture of criminals, but it is their duty to keep watch over these men from the time that they are taken into custody until the courts dispose of their cases by acquittal or by sentence to the penitentiary. And in many cases, this secondary function of the sheriff's office is more important than its primary duty. The courts are slow. Often, we have the responsibility of guarding dangerous criminals for more than a year. In the case of Buck Kelly, whose story you are about to hear, we had to guard him in the county jail for 17 months, an unduly long time to have to guard a desperate criminal against the state. Tonight, I would like to appeal through this great radio program to the proper judicial authority for cooperation in speeding up the machinery of the law so that such dangerous and desperate men may quickly be sent on their way to prison rather than remain incarcerated for months on end in our county jails. Thank you and good night. No. You give me his name and address, and I'll knock him over. Uh, not this guy. 
He wouldn't get through the outside door before he'd have the evidence hidden. I'm telling you. Of course, if you'd rather send me up for possession of three ounces and lose a supply, that's okay with me. No. Frankly, I want the supply. Okay, I'll lead you to it for my freedom. <laughs> and you're the guy who was yelling about Dopey being a stool pigeon. Now you're turning informer. Yeah, but I'm in a spot. Dopey's cutting both ends against the middle. Well, one of the provisions under which I let you lose is that you'll lay off Dopey. Okay, I promise. And say I'll need some grease. What for? So I can make a buy from the Chinaman. Okay. How much will he need? Oh, he gets 40 bucks an ounce. Say, about 120. What for? Three ounces. Oh, no, you don't. You buy one ounce. That'll be plenty. Yeah, but... If he gets 40 bucks an ounce, you're buying an ounce. Here's the 40 bucks. And don't disappear with it. Don't worry, I won't. But Buck does disappear with the $40. And it is several months before federal agents recapture him and bring him before federal judge John S. Partridge on a charge of selling narcotics. He is sentenced in November 1924. But as soon as he returns from prison, he is in trouble again. In April of 1926, he's involved on a criminal assault charge. Seven months later, in a traffic case, in which the taxi cab he was driving had collided with another car, injuring one of the passengers. For this, he receives a suspended sentence. But his troubles are not over. For upon the conclusion of the court action, Buck Kelly is summoned to the office of the chief dispatcher of the cab company. Well, Kelly, where you got off today? Yeah, that's right, boss. Suspended sentence. What are you doing around here? Why, I came back to work. You're not working here anymore. What do you mean? Look here, Kelly. An accident of yours cost the company 3000 bucks. But you were insured. How long do you think we could stay insured if men like you drive our cab? What do you mean? Just this. You were drunk that night. That accident never would have happened if you hadn't been drinking. No, honest, boss. I wasn't drunk. No, don't hand me that. I don't know what you call being drunk, but you were drinking. Well, you can't prove that. Sure I can. When you got your cab that night, you zigzagged out of the joint. If I'd been on duty, you'd never taken that cab out. I tell you, I wasn't drinking. Why, several of the boys saw you, blind drunk at the wheel. Who? Oh, Swanson and some of the others. Oh, stupid, and huh? Think. Okay. If that's the sort of a joint you run here, I don't want to work for you anymore. That doesn't worry me. Haven't I made it plain enough that you aren't working for me? You can't fire me, I quit. You make me sick. Get out. Hey, look here, you... Get out. You're fired, and I'm sick and tired of talking to you, and I'll beat it. Okay, I'll go. But you'll hear from me again. I'll get even. I'll get those two pigeons that think on me. You just wait and see. Okay, kids, I'll wait. Now scram. <laughs> Imagine that, Larry. The big shit telling me off. Claiming I was drunk. Must be something wrong with him, Buck. You wasn't drunk that night. Well, I had a couple of stiffers, I admit, but I wasn't drunk. If that old biddy been watching where she was driving, I never run into her old heap. So, just for that, he fired you, huh? Fired me? Huh. He didn't fire me. He ain't got the guts to fire anyone, Mike. I walked out on him. Well, that's taking a chance. Jobs are pretty hard to get these days. Yeah? Well, I got plans, see? If you guys want to swing along with me, you won't never have to work no more. No? How's that, Buck? Yeah, wait till we get some drinks ordered, and I'll tell you all about it. Hey, Tony. Uh, see, see, senor. What do you would do like? Uh, three more grapple. Right away, sir. Right away. Now, what's the plot, Buck? Now, listen. I've tried to go straight, see? 
I've done my best. Held on a job and everything the book says you should do. And what happened? The first time I take a snort, I get in a jam, and then I lose my job. Yeah, that's right. Sure is tough, but Tough? That ain't no name for it. Well, I'm through trying, see? What do you mean? I mean, I'm going to blast mine from now on. Meaning? What do you think? Stick up. Oh. Want to sing along with me? Sure. I'm willing. The three of us can take plenty. Sure we can. Three of us in the garage for three of us in the senior. That's right, Tony. And you better mix up a half a dozen more. We've got a lot of things to talk over. Yes, you see, senor, right away. But, Buck, how'd you figure we'd pull these jobs? We've got to have a car and some gas. Yeah, that's easy. We steal a car first, see? As far as the gas is concerned, we'll be just the Fortified with many grapples, Buck Kelly and his two pals first steal an automobile and then visit a hardware store on Vallejo Street. Well, good afternoon, gentlemen. Uh, we want to look at some guns. Mm. Have you got the permit to buy a gun? I didn't say we wanted to buy them. I said we wanted to look at them. But you'll have to have a permit, you know. I heard you the first time. I saw some gas will make us snapper. He will. Now, what did you have in mind? Oh, a couple of good automatics. Well, now, here's a very fine 45. That's the kind that spins them, ain't it? And yeah, I guess so. But what purpose did you want these guns? Now, what's that to you? Uh, nothing. Now, here's a police puzzle. The with the coppers, John. They ain't supposed to kill people with. Hey, how's this automatic work? Well, the clip goes in this way. See, and here's the safety catch. Well, put some slugs in. Let me see the work. Very well. You release this catch here. And then you take out the clip. And you place the cartridges in here. Yeah. See? Like that. And you clip the clip back in its place. Yeah, let me see it. Uh-huh. Now it's all ready to shoot, huh? Yeah, just as soon as you snap the catch. Like that? Yeah. Okay, boys, stop him. Uh, hey, Wilson, stop! Help! Come on, not be loud. we got to get going. Everything else? Uh, like a lie. Okay. Grab yourself an automatic piece and a couple of boxes of those shells. Uh, these are ones here? Uh, you sorry, got them. Don't ask so many questions. Uh, mine's all strapped. How about, Larry? I can't be getting mine together. Well, come on. You fix the him in the car, Mike. Okay. Place. Better leave the motor running, Buck. 
Yeah, I guess so. Hey, you got the bottle, Larry? Yeah, here it is. Yeah, I better take another little shot before we pull this one. You guys look like you need one, too. I feel that way. Now, listen. We don't take no back talk from this mug, see? We get his dough or else. Okay? Okay. Okay with you, Larry? <laughs> okay. All right, let's go. That's a break. Just one customer in the joint. Oh, hello, boys. You uh, drop in for a little game, eh? Yeah. A little game that you're going to lose. Uh, what do you mean? What's the idea of the gun? You guess. Come with another guy, Mike. I'll have to have all the dough in the cash register. Uh, look here, boy. You cannot come in here like this and bully me. And over your dough. I'll call the police. I'll have you run in. I'll... Help! Help! Where is the police? Help! 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 Okay, let's go. Hey, these jobs are the nuts, ain't they? Sure. Hey, let's empty them out on those mirrors. I always wanted to shoot up a joint right. Ten minutes later, the murder trio enters the pool room of Barco Biami on Court Street. Hello, boys. Hello, your dough, Marco. Hey, you must be fooling, huh? It ain't so. I'll give you a three to empty that cash register. Listen here, boy. One. No way, two. Two. Three. You're reasonable, boys. I got to know, Mark. Three. All right, got the dough, Larry. The rest of you mugs keep your distance. Okay, I got it. Let's go. We got now? Close to 200 bucks. Well, we gotta have a couple of grams. Where to next? Let's go back to the toilet to get a drink. Well, there's still some left in the bottle. Yeah, let me have it. I'm thirsty. Yeah, that ain't enough. I'd eat lots of liquor. Watch your step, Buck. The signal's changing. There's Mario Pagano standing on the curb. Yeah, that's the old... Hey, Buck. Oh, hello, Mario. Where'd you get this little bus? Now, what's it to you? Oh, I was just asking. Well, you're asking too much. What was the idea of bumping him off, Buck? I never did like him much. And anyway, I like bumping people off. While Buck Kelly and his two pals fortify their courage with grapples at Tony's, confusion reigns at police headquarters. Well, Lennis and Sutter. Same bunch. Seems to be what the witnesses say. Three drunks in the black sedan. License number 673429. Same bunch, all right. We got a shot. How? We only got 20 parlor cars working. It'd take four hours to get orders to them. Well, they had radio sets in those parlor cars. Like they've been experimenting on back east. Radio. That's the answer, Captain. What do you mean? We'll fill the streets with officers in a half hour. We'll get the broadcasting stations to help out. We are interrupting the broadcast of dance music coming to you over station KFRC from the Blossom Room of the St. Francis Hotel to broadcast an emergency announcement to all police officers. All police officers' attention. 
211 private automobiles owned by police officers and 50 police cars home San Francisco for the murdered trio, not a single disturbance occurs. During this time, Kelly, nursing a hangover, lays low, recovers from one binge, and by Monday evening has started on another. Once more, he joins his pals at Tony's. You guys bring your guests with you? Sure, just like you told us. Well, what are we pulling tonight, Buck? Plenty. First, I want to get a heist out of these grapples. And I got a little visit with that Fink Swanson. You mean the guy that you used to work with at the cab company? Yeah, that's the guy. He squealed on me. That's why I lost my job. You gonna get him? Sure. Nobody can pull that stuff on me. What are we gonna do for a car? I did the one we had Saturday. You come along with me. Down to a cab stand on the corner. We'll get some wheels. What do you mean, sir? Oh, hello, Buck. Want to take us for a ride, Swanson? Sure. Glad to see you ain't sore at me, Buck. Oh, I ain't sore at you, Swanson. What the devil? What have I got to be sore about? Sure, that's the way I figured. Where are you going? Out well, 17th Street. Okay, what address? I'll let you know when we get out there. Okay, hop in. Hey, I got a couple of pals with me. And say your ride as cheap as one? Sure. Let's go, then. Swanson. What for? You heard me. Get out. What's the gun for, Buck? For you, stool pigeon. Check him out, boys. And yank that uniform off him. I'm going to be a cab driver tonight. A few minutes later, Kelly drives his cab up to a stand on Brannan Street. As the car comes to a stop, Mike... Petrovich, a friend of his, steps up to him. Hello, Kelly. Hello, Mike. You're back in the taxi game again, huh? Yeah. Gee, <laughs> Buck, what'd you bump him off for? I don't want no witnesses. Where do we go now? Down to the service station at the corner of 7. Hey, is that the model? Yeah, here it is. Good. Let me have it. <sighs> Boy, nothing like good old grapple. 
Yes, sir. Shall I pull her up? No, empty it. So what do you mean? See that scat? Now let's have your dough. There they come with that guy in the station. Mike, empty the cash register. Hey, that guy in there is a night watchman. He's a special police. Oh, yeah? In that case, we're safer this way. Oh. Well, listen, he didn't do nothing. You can't do it. Hey, Buck, you nearly hit me when you plugged that guy. Sorry, you'll have to keep your eyes open. You get the dough? Sure. Let's go then. San Francisco County and city officers travel 34,000 miles searching for the murder terrorists. From North Beach, over Russian Hill to the sea, from Mount Davidson to the Mission, out into South San Francisco and Daly City, back to Chinatown, the human bloodhound's court. All docks, railroad terminals, ferries are watched. Every underworld haunt is searched. More than 100 suspicious persons are caught in the police dragnet. And then inspectors George Patrick Wafer and Louis C. Maker working on their own time, drop into Tony's joint. Yes, sir, gentlemen, what will it be? How are you, Tony? Oh, Inspector, I did not recognize you. The light is still so bad in here. Just a minute, I will raise the stairs. Well, well, you ain't been around here for a long time. Oh, Tony, I've been working Chinatown. Chinatown? Oh, she's no good. <laughs> Maybe you come back on the vice squad. I see a more of you, eh? Well, depends on whether you behave yourself or not. <laughs> oh, you're a joke. Any bad boys in here in the past couple of days, Oh, Tony? I do not have no bad boys coming to my place, Inspector. Oh, I mean three young punks here. That good oil. Well, a bucket carry and a couple of kids oh. got the first drunk in here Saturday. And then they came back on Monday evening. But Kelly, huh? Where'd you live? Oh, I do not know. I think it was over on uh, South of Park Street. Say anything about buffing off anybody when he was drunk? Oh, he's a talk a bit about how tough he is, but <laughs> I think it was my fine Adarapo talking. Yeah? Shouldn't be talking about those murders the last few days, would he? Oh, no, no, no. I'm not thinking so. A buck is a harmless. Yeah, a rattlesnake. Oh, don't bother him. He's a good boy. Don't worry, Tony. We won't bother him. Thanks for the tip, just the same. Well, wait, this isn't all tip I give you. Oh, no, it isn't, Tony, but it won't hurt you any. So long. Convinced that loquacious Tony has put them on the right track, Wafer and Demeter procure a large detail of officers and surround the building on the third floor where the Kellys live on South Park Street. As Demeter rings the front doorbell... The back door swings open and Buck vaults down the back stairs. All right, Kelly. Place the door, Abby. You better turn this. Oh, yeah. Wait a Kelly. Smack me. Okay, I will. Step to the second floor window there. Go on, boys. In here. All right. Step to the train door. Go on, Eddie. Oh, dear, Daniel. What is this? Out of the way, man. What is it? I am a good woman. I did not do nothing. What is it? He was in that closet. Okay, Kelly. Come out. Put your hands in the air. Imagine this gun in the counter for you. One, two. Hey, it's faded. Call the police ambulance, Eddie. He's badly shot up. How is he, Doctor? Well, we can't do anything with him. We must operate. He refuses to let us come near him. Let me talk to him. Well, Kelly, what's the big idea? What do you mean, what's the big idea? Pretty far gone. You're losing blood. Doctor's got to operate. 
I don't want no operation. Why not? Think you can trick me, huh? Think you can put me under the gas and then get me to talk, huh? I'm wise to you both. But I don't go, see? I'm bumping off. I know it. And you're my murderer. That ain't gonna get me to spill. Well, look here, Kelly. That won't be necessary. I'm gonna have to get you to spill a thing. You can kill all your witnesses, you know. Still a couple of people left that can identify you. You're gonna pay for this. I know I won't. I'm gonna bump off. And you ain't got a thing on me. No, I wouldn't be too sure about that, Kelly. Later, I partner picked up your two pals, my trepidations, and Larry Weeks a couple of hours ago. I never heard of those guys. No? I heard of you plenty. They spilled. There's all we want on you if you never open your mouth. Yeah? Well, Mike and Larry spilled their guts, huh? Two pigeons. Stinks. They can't crush anybody. Every time I trusted a guy, he squealed. What are they getting for it, Flatfoot? You leaving them off? I'm not so sure they'll get off. They won't hang the way you will. I won't hang. No, not me. You want it to come clean and give me a confession? You get life. That's a smart thing to do. See Gillian take life. Ah, no, copper. I don't admit nothing. I won't hang. I, I, I'm dying right now. Listen. You ain't gonna perform no operation, see? You ain't gonna touch me up and hang me. Because I'm going to die right here in this bed. And you're my murderer. Take that with you. Carry that on your conscience. Big Dick Wafer, the murderer of an innocent kid. But the instinct of survival is stronger than any other instinct in life. In the end of his struggle, Buck Kelly consented to an operation. His life was saved, saved to face trial for murder. His young partner, Mike Papadakis, only 17, had been turned over to the juvenile authorities. Larry Weeks had been sentenced to San Quentin for life when Buck Kelly at last came to trial, a trial for which he had waited in the county jail for 17 months, during which time he had attempted three times to escape. Buck pleads not guilty by reason of insanity. But after all the testimony is in, after the jury had been charged, Buck, wavering, frightened, his braggadocia lost, Faces the judge. Vernon Kelly, stand and face the court. Before I pass judgment on you, have you anything to say? No, I... I... No, nothing to say. Vernon Kelly, you have been found guilty of murder not once, not twice, but three times. You have taken the life of your fellow men. A crime forbidden in every code of law and ethics from the ancient Mosaic commandments through all the centuries down to our present day. The crime of murder is not to be condoned today. Your generation, laughing at conventions and laws, seems to feel they may live their lives as they see fit. But let me assure you, young man, that the ancient law still stands. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, a life for a life. This is our law. And by this law shall we live. And by this law we shall die. You have broken this law, Clarence Kelly. And society demands its fight. Clarence Kelly, you shall be removed to San Quentin Penitentiary, where you shall be confined until the week of May 10th, 1928. During that week, according to the penalty prescribed by the law of the state, you shall be hanged by the neck until dead. May God have mercy on your soul. (laughs) 
experts agree that cracked gasoline is the finest fuel made for modern motors. This process is developed by the Worldwide Sinclair Oil Organization, cost millions of dollars, and took years of costly research. The only Sinclair gasoline cracking plant in this section of the United States is owned by Rio Grande. And only in Rio Grande cracked gasoline you'll get the advantages of this newest scientific cracking process. The process that gives you extra speed, extra power, extra mileage at no extra cost. This is your narrator, Frederick Lindsley, speaking for the Rio Grande Oil Company.